the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. She said that every living creature on Earth dies alone. Hey. It's bad dog Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. I'm not The more you know who you are and what you want, the less you know. I've had a rough year, Dad. You want an unwritten life? I want an unwritten life. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. Conversation anyway. Maybe, maybe three feet long, maybe. Yeah. And so I just really tethered to the microphone itself. Yeah, I just ordered um, a uh, headphone extension. Uh, like a six foot extension for mine because my headphone cord is really short so even though i'm like okay with the mic i'm so limited with the headset that i'm like well i'm still kind of stuck right here i almost just shut my laptop that would have been dumb <laughs> awesome sounding okay from here like am i good to sit like this yeah sounds good cool the other day i recorded with ryan and completely forgot to plug in my mic so did nothing record from you, or did just like it go straight through your computer? No, it went through my computer, so it sounds like garbage, but whatever. I've got to catch up on Automatic for the people. I'm so far behind, but I'm now caught up with Legion, so I need to catch up. Uh, yeah, we we just started Preacher three weeks ago, so but you don't do you watch Preacher? Nope, I don't. I don't know why. It sounds it looks interesting to me, but I just haven't done it. Oh my god, it's so good, man! Season two is so good. And season three is just batshit insane. Is season one something I have to get through to enjoy it, though? No, season one is like very like enjoyable. One. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But Tim and I recorded season one. So, yep. um, and I've been hounding him, like, are you caught up? No, I never watched the finale. I was like, dude, if you catch up, you could be on the podcast with me and Ryan. Well, I don't know. I've got stuff going on. Like, what do you have going on? They're like going back to school. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, sweet. So I'm opening up. Are we recording? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'm opening. See, I sort of expect you to be doing it. <coughs> That's nice, right? Just for for future sake, generally when the pot, when the when you answer, we're recording. <laughs> so. Well, I got this. Um, so I was watching those. The Hong Kong action movies, um, Better Tomorrow trilogy. Yeah, we talked about it a few times. So I got um, John Woo's sort of follow up to those called Bullet in the Head, which is one of the few ones I had not seen of his from this time period. Um, and it's got uh, uh, Tony Lung, who is the the main guy in In the Mood for Love. Yeah, which we talked about a little bit last week. But anyway, I've never seen it, so I can scratch off another one of his movies and another John Woo movie. But I opened it up just now, like as we were starting this because um, I got it from this company that they, they make them out of Korea it's sort of like these really prestige like packaging uh, and like nice transfer so it's like Criterion a little bit except um, they don't do subtitles on their special features um, but it's sometimes the only way to get Blu-ray copies of the films so I got a Blu-ray copy off of eBay and I just opened it up and it comes with like 15 4x6 prints from the movie it's pretty cool that is pretty awesome 
I don't know what I'll ever do with them. These will be the kind that just sit in the case, and I'm always happy when I open it up and find them there. I, I think the dog has found something outside. But at least it's not my dog's. <laughs> it's not even my dog. Uh, so I got the uh, script book for the show Flea book, Fleabag. Do you want to just like perform it here? I can just send you pictures. Um, I mean, I was out like after the first like three minutes of the first episode. What so, made you quit? It's so good. I, it was so like I don't know if I can watch this like by myself, and I I got really uncomfortable really fast. Like. I don't understand. So I know I need you to. I'm not going to just allow you to sit on that answer. That's not a good answer. What were you uncomfortable about? Um. Well, I mean, do you remember how it starts? Yeah, yeah. Vaguely, it's the the booty call, right? Yeah, like like. Literally. Literally booty call, like yeah. as literal as you could possibly get, and I was just like, ah, uh, this is a little too. Eh. So you uh, got modest. I mean, a little bit, yeah, I guess. How did how does that happen by yourself? Not even at your own home. So if you were watching something indecent, like it's not like you've sullied your home. You sullied my home, and I watched it like a year ago, so I've already sullied the home. <laughs> I'm going to shoot this dog. Um, What's the dog's name? Uh, uh, Gwen. Gwen or Glenn with an L? Gwen, like G-W-E-N, like, like Spider-Man's oh. dead girlfriend. Oh, um... Gwendolyn, stop it, Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn, hush, Gwendolyn. So, the the dog, the, just in like the whole other room, the front door is open. So some some neighbor is standing on their lawn, not doing anything. So the dog is mad. So I um. guarantee you that's what's going on. So, but yet when I walk in the house, the dog could be sitting at the front door and not even hear me come in. So, and then like five minutes later, she's like, rawr, 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 when she realizes somebody's in the house. So, anyway, I got us, got us off topic. Hopefully, that's not going to bug the hell out of everybody. I apologize. So, this is a quote from the, the script from like the uh, stage play, because it was a stage play first, um, uh, from Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Fleabag. Uh, um, it's on the back of the book, so it's really like, you know, the back of the book quotes are like the kind of uh, things that are supposed to sell you on what's in the story, right? Right. So here's a quote. I sit on the loo and think about all the people I can have sex with now. I'm not obsessed with sex. I just can't stop thinking about it. So it's potty humor and sex humor all in one paragraph. Yeah. That's flea That's back. And I guess I just got a little uncomfortable. So, I mean, I'm not saying I was just like, nope, I'm never watching this. I mean, I just was not in the, yeah, that's hysterical mood. Um, what, did I watch, I'm trying to remember if I tried to watch it Friday night or Saturday night. when it, I think it was Saturday night when I got back from the convention, which that was, that was that a was really, a bad really bad day. Yes. So, like, I, I was, honest, like, well, not maybe this isn't. It's a little overblown, but I swear to God, at one point I was like, I think if I didn't have to go back to Spencer's house and take care of his dogs, I might drive my car off a bridge on the way back. <laughs> so, so it's funny. So I want to talk about that. So we don't have to go into all of your personal details, but uh, oh yeah, you, because I'm very closed off on my podcast. 
Well, so. I mean, be honest about the people who – it's about other people's business, really. It yeah. just happens to be adjacent to you. That's why I sort of defer to like maybe <coughs> go into full detail. Um, and there's a nice, easy way to vague around it. Um, hold, hold a second. Shoot. Oh. Now, as you're listening, two things have happened. One, I can't hear you for a second, Logan, because I have pulled the, the microphone out of – or the uh, headset out of my mic. And also, my TV started playing. Oh, God. This is so terrible. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. This is amazing. And you can't hear. <laughs> this is crazy. I love that you're okay. filling like, just empty okay. space Can... that I could easily have just cut out. But you're just like trying to fill the space. <laughs> it's too funny, though, right? Yeah, it's pretty great. Okay, so I'm um, sorry. I, I, <coughs> I wanted to play the movie Dread on my. I'm downstairs in my screen, so I wanted to play Dread while I talked to you because I wanted to look at it visually. And then I thought I turned it all the volume down. I didn't, and then I jumped up, but I realized two foot cord, and it pulled out anyway. Okay, so over the last few years, three years to be exact, we determined today, um, you have had several big health things with yourself and with other family members, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, cancer twice my brother can't really walk my dad had his legs cut off yeah you know mbd and so um for you cool kids that's no big deal um and so um but then you're talking to me about this day where um you find out that you're staying with some friends um where we live in the town we live in and um they uh, they get in touch with you and and please feel free to elaborate as much as you want to. But essentially, there is a there's some flooding. So we had a massive storm that week, um, and there was some pretty substantial damage to their house, but mostly a revelation of of damage that existed. So like something bad happens, you look into it and you find like a whole other bad problem. It's like a HGTV uh, dream come true for <laughs> yeah. reality television. That, that about sums up what happened, right? And so it's like the place you live, you may not be able to live in for a little bit. They are also in a really bad spot, and they've been really kind to you. So you're sort of like, oh, that's terrible for them, all that stuff. That about sums it up in general terms? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some stuff like past that that we haven't talked about. But yeah, most most. You're yeah. keeping secrets from me? Uh, oh, uh, well, no, we just haven't really talked. You were That's on true. vacation last week. <laughs> That's true. I got and ghosted so... by you all last week. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, am, I using that term? A... am I using I that know. term right? I, I was trying to think if you were. I'm not cool enough to know what that means. I yeah, don't I don't know. know. Um, it sounds right. I know <laughs> I did not text back, and I know I did not text at, hardly at all. Um. Um, so anyway, so it puts you in a bad place, though, like headspace-wise, like a uh, real bad place. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and so what was the deal there? Because I think it puts you in a worse headspace that I've ever had experience with, like, speaking with you. Yeah, than, I don't like, think I was that negative when they were like, oh, by the way, you got cancer and you almost died. And I was like, okay. Well, and for like a brief time during that, you were like, you could still die any time now. And so, like, and you were still in a much better mood than this situation. Why do you think that is? Um, I I don't know. I mean, I'd like to not sound selfish and go, it's because it was happening to somebody else. But on the flip side of that, and I know this is crazy, and you said it's crazy, Paula said it's crazy, Chad would tell me it's crazy, we don't ever talk about stuff like this. Um, but it feels very personal to me that like all of this bad shit is now happening to other people that I care about. 
like when it happens to me it's like it's easy to kind of just internalize it and go well even when it's just my family like we legit have like terrible karma i think somebody in our bloodline like murdered a witch at some point so we're just cursed and we all seem to just be okay with that but now it just seems to be spilling out into everybody else that i come in contact with and that's really depressing to me so so that's what you said then we talked about it some then everyone's disagreed with you does anyone disagreeing with you helping this helping you feel differently at all no why I don't I I don't know. Do do um do do Jesus. Um I'm, I'm a fantastic potty pod- humor. Oh my god. I'm just the worst podcaster in America right now. You used to be um, pretty good at this. What's that? I said you used to be pretty good at this. I'm out of practice and then I ghosted you for a week so I fell out of more practice. I, I'm pretty uh, sure we're using that term wrong. People are going to think, think we're in a relationship. No, I do think it means that basically we did I did do something similar <coughs> but not exactly because we did still do things together last week, but essentially you just disappear like a ghost and you don't contact and it's like you never existed. And that's ghosting. So like if I were on Tinder and I swiped right, I believe is the correct one. <laughs> I don't know. And they swiped right, we had a hookup and then I like disappeared. That would be ghosting. Right? Oh, okay. Well, I'm pretty I mean, sure that's right. We've never hooked up, so No. Well, you know, emotionally, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I don't know what we were saying. You're asking me why doesn't that make me feel different? Oh, I mean, no. Okay, so okay, what I was going to ask you is, thank you, is uh, when you speak to your family about stuff like this, do they also feel the same way? Do you, like, does Ryan, if people, your twin brother, if bad stuff happens to people he knows, does he feel the same way, or is this an exclusively Logan thing where you all see maybe the bad karma, but you see it as catching? Oh, no, we all see it that way. Really? Yeah. Like, my dad sees it that way. I see it that way. Ryan sees it that way. Pretty sure my dad's brothers kind of saw it that way. So, do, do you, uh, does, like, um, your dad see what happened? At, did you tell your dad what happened? Yeah. So, does he see that as, like, an extension of his bad karma? Um, no. He was more... Ever, <laughs> it's weird. Ever since they cut his legs off, he's tried to be a positive person. It's kind of annoying. So... He was just like, wow, that really sucks. I hope everything works out, you know, but don't worry. You're like, you'll figure it out. And I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to worry about it. And then I just worry about it anyway. So I can't believe you lied to your dad. He had his legs cut off. It's terrible. It's it's annoying when somebody in a worse situation than you is just like, oh, it's all going to be okay. And you're just like, shut up. I'm going to be honest, if there was, like, one elder you should respect, it's probably that one. I mean, yeah, except he voted for Trump, so... Oh, Jesus, never mind. <laughs> what does he know? It's weird, because he's way more positive than my mom. And my mom, like, we vibe more on the, like, political level. And then, like, my dad, I'm just like, you're insane. But he's, like, a really positive person now, so... It, it's kind of tearing me apart. So I just don't like talk to him Street anymore. Song? <laughs> sure. I was thinking more. Anymore, or... I, I, I talk to him once a week. Like, that's my rule now. Once a week. So. 
Dang. It, it used to be like every other day. Um, I have, it's weird because now I'm in a situation where I have to like kind of force myself to call him. Like my dad, it's not so bad. Um, but it, it gets annoying when he's just kind of over positive. So I'm just like, ah, I gotta go. And then my mom is just super negative about everything. So it's the flip side where I'm just like, oh my God, you're just, you're dragging me down. I gotta go. So it's very strange. So you're going to be okay, Logan. <laughs> you know, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Just picture it. I'm slowly, I have glasses, listeners. I'm slowly taking my glasses off. I'm folding them closed. I'm, I'm putting them in both of my hands. Like I'm holding them with two hands. I'm leaning forward a little bit. I'm looking you straight in the eyes. This is really stupid. It's not your fault. This is not Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. I can't believe you called this stupid. I thought it was a like a visual image. People could follow it. It was good. And you and you called out the joke. Other people who got the joke could have enjoyed it a few more. It's not your fault. But instead, you had to call the joke. Yeah. So we saw Ant Man. We did see Ant Man. And I didn't get to tell you my Ant Man story because you listened to the podcast where I already told the story. You so. didn't tell me not to listen. I'm I apologize, but you didn't no, tell you me didn't, not to listen. But I, I I was like, Well, he won't have time to listen. I'll get to share the story. But it was really funny. So. Say it again anyway. It should be every if anyone no should we use it as a plug for the X Wing files? I mean No, tell it again. Yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah. So, I, I saw Ant-Man twice, because um, I enjoyed it that much. Spoilers Call- for Avengers Infinity War coming up, just and, to and, let y'all know. And kind of, sort of, spoilers for Ant-Man. Yeah. Um, although, if you saw that movie, you could kind of figure it out. Um, so, the post credit scene in Ant-Man uh, features a few characters, I won't say who, that disappear, because Thanos snapped his fingers. Um, and... So this guy stands up in the movie theater and just starts screaming, that's not fair, I didn't see that movie, and storms out. And I'm just like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? I mean, so on one hand, I'm like, that's a very emotionally involved person. On the other hand, I'm like, maybe he has a <coughs> and we shouldn't laugh. Um, I mean, I, I kind of feel like he was playing it up a little bit. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like he did seem legit upset. So, but don't go see. You know these movies follow a pattern. If you didn't see Infinity War, which is still playing in the theater, why in the hell are you at Ant Man on opening weekend? Go see Infinity War. Nobody's there. No, I mean, it makes sense. You, I mean, you have a valid point. So, but no, that's a great story, though. I mean, I, I think I would have been one of my favorite movie moments of the entire year if that had I, happened. I'll never forget it. I, I, Honest to God, I was thinking about this the other day. I think when I do die, and that you have that whole, like, flashing before your eyes thing that everybody says happens, and you remember all these moments... I'm pretty sure every moment I remember from my life is going to be something that happened to me in a movie theater. I mean, nope. I almost asked a really invasive and dirty question. This is me as your friend being a better friend. (laughs) 
No, the first time I got laid was not in a movie theater. I don't know what you're speaking of. I never would have asked such an immature question. Um, I do remember when that was. (laughs) I'm glad. I do as well. Um, The uh, the hope is that they do as well. (laughs) Eh, I don't know. I remember because it was the same night the Falcons lost the Super Bowl. I was pretty damn pissed about it. So. Holy crap, I remember where I was the night you lost your virginity. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I remember I, was, I lived in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, and, uh, yeah, anyway, the Carlisle Apartments. Don't remember my apartment number, though. Yeah. But I remember I was I had queued up on my boombox. Uh, that's right, boombox. Uh, Will Smith CD with the uh, track played to uh, to Miami. Um, it was paused so I could press play and it would just start booming really loud when we won and then it just stayed blinking in that pause mode the entire game. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm honestly convinced that the only reason I do remember that night is because it's the night the Falcons lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> Otherwise it was pretty uneventful. So pre or post game? Um, uh, Probably while the game was still on because I stopped watching at halftime. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> we, my dad worked at this hotel in uh, Phoenix City. We rented out the ballroom. You had hotel sex your first? <laughs> no, it was at my apartment. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I, we rented a giant television and invited everyone we knew to come watch the Falcons win their first Super Bowl. And at halftime, I said, fuck these assholes, and left. So, that's how bad it was. I was like, I'm not watching this. So. So, no, I'm almost doing, I'm doing the math for whatever reason, because this is what I feel like our podcast has become, and I'm going to stop doing the math. That was pretty old. So. Oh, no, I I wasn't thinking that. Um, Not like 23, but, you know. No, 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 you weren't. I don't think so. I'm not going to call it your age, but I think we were the same age. If I'm doing math right, but that's very possible I'm doing it wrong. Because 98, right? 98, yeah. so it would have been 99. That was yeah, no. Okay, I mean, I was a little earlier than you, but not by much. That's not bad. Honestly, emotionally, it's better. Oh, yeah. I, I think if because I had this sort of habit in high school of having the opportunity and not taking it because I was a retarded. Um, well, that, that's terrible. I was a um, idiotic, overly romantic human being, and felt like it had to be like the most perfect. Like um, I don't know even what to compare it to. Basically, love actually the moment with Laura Lenny and Carl. That's what yeah. it needed to be like. Except it didn't. We didn't get phone calls from the sick brother, <laughs> and and so I just kept saying no. And so it could have been earlier, but I think that made my life a lot better that it wasn't because I would have been, I would have failed high school. That's just what would have happened. Just, <laughs> I, would, I would have failed all of my life. That's what would have happened the second yeah. that door was open. Yeah. Because I failed in my early 20s. So I, I was just, I was usually oblivious. I was just like, oh, wait, was she talking to me? Like, I <laughs> No, I had a few of those that, on, and, and like they would, it would only come up when I was in a relationship because it was safe to be like remember that time when I'd be like yeah yeah and they were like oh we could have and I was like really why tell me now yeah <laughs> like we could have just not had this conversation and been fine but that's not how it worked uh-huh. 
We were supposed to talk about Ant-Man today. We talked about your issues and um, one Ant-Man story. Yeah, Ant-Man's awesome. Everybody should go see it. I firmly believe it uh, continues to promote Hollywood's feminist agenda, and I'm all for it. So, What is Hollywood's feminist agenda? I, I honestly don't know. That's just what people keep telling me. So, In a negative sure. way? About Ant-Man? Well, about everything. Oh, okay. well, why, do, why do all the main characters have to be females now? I mean, they're only 50 plus they percent understand? of the population. Don't, does anybody not understand that like Hollywood started the Me Too movement like last fall because of one of its executives being so completely horrible to women um, and that there's no way that they shot Ant-Man and the Wasp from like last November to now? <laughs> That's such a stupid argument. No, uh, yeah. it, it, it's, it, it drives me nuts. But I, I think they should have just called it the Wasp dot 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 and the little guy. I mean, if it was just called the Wasp, I, well, I don't know. No, I'm just joking. Nobody but she's would fantastic. have saw it. She, My point it, is, she's great, right? Yes, and so very, very glad that they let her have a uh, modern hairstyle and not made her look like she was somebody's Toad secretary. From, or and, she looked like Toad from Mario. Yeah, I mean, God, um, how do you take somebody? Who is so like I mean, watch Lost. She's stylish when she's stuck on an island wearing rags. And you just give her like oh, we're just gonna give her this boxy haircut. Of course, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that was her choice of a haircut and she liked it. In which case, whatever, more power to you. I think it looks ridiculous. But yeah, whatever. So Yeah, I, I think that um, I agree with you. And one time, funny side story, one time I, so my uh, wife's name is Katie and her mother calls her Catherine and Kat and Kate, depending on the scenario. She has like different versions for different things. And, um, <coughs> so, uh, she called her Kate when she was being serious one time in front of me. So like later that week and my wife knew my affinity for Kate from lost, um, as we will call her in this story. I called Katie Kate to be comedic, and then she turned it on me by being like, oh, you just wish I was Kate from Lost, and it became this whole thing. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. If you know my wife, that's a really funny story. <laughs> I do know his wife. <laughs> um, so, no, I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp was fantastic. I thought it was really fun. It is like, I think I said this to you, I think when we walked out, because we saw that uh, both of our first times were together, um, and... I said to you, this is the one I would show my son first. Like, this is the Marvel movie I would show my son first. Like, no question. Even though it's a sequel, it stands by itself. But it's totally, like, the family Marvel movie. Yeah. In my opinion. Like, it just really is. But in a good way. In a totally good and not pandering or cheesy or dumb way. Until you get to that post credit scene. Which you're really mad about. <laughs> I, I, I am. I cannot get over it. Like, even that dude storming out and I'm just laughing in the movie theater... It still just broke my heart, man. Um, I mean, more so than Spider-Man dying in Infinity War. I was just like, eh, he'll be back. That happened, I I was just like, what? But if Spider-Man will be back by the same reasoning, they'll all be back. And there's no way, there's no way you don't let Michelle Pfeiffer be on screen more than like 10 minutes. No way. 
she's coming back. She didn't sign a, a, a quarter picture deal. Yeah, I, I think she's even said something about filming scenes for uh, Infinity War Part Two, whatever they're going to call it, um, on you know at some point. So, you know, it, it's fine. It was just such a feel good movie, and I, I don't know if you heard it, but there was this kid behind us who, when it happened, looked at her parent or whoever her guardian was like, "What just happened?" And like that just made it worse. <laughs> So so I do want to talk about the fact that we went to the movie together and you heard everybody around us talking and I never heard anybody talking. Except for the guys who laughed a couple times, the ones who were really annoying you. And I feel really bad for that. If we had just swapped seats, you would have had a totally different experience. And I feel bad. No, I mean, it wasn't horrible. It was just, I don't know. You were I, about to start a fight. I, not really. <laughs> I, I get distracted by stuff like that and I, I always have I don't know why um, it's part of the reason I always hate getting to the movie early because then I start people watching and as the movie's going on like whatever people I've taken whatever small amount of interest in like my focus will always shift back to that at some point like that situation was uh, I don't know if those people were together but they were kind of walking in together and this girl was with this guy. They sit down next to this other group of people and then she spends the entirety of the credits talking to someone who isn't the person that she came with. And then she spends a good portion of the movie laughing and leaning over to speak to the person who is not the person that she came with. And when the movie ended, she started talking again to the person that was not the person that she came with. And I was just like, wow, I, I just don't like this person. Like, she, she's just being incredibly rude to this other guy, ruining his movie experience, and completely ignoring him while she does it. You're so, you're so nice. You're such <laughs> a nice guy. Not really. No, you're more nice than you think you are. You care so much about this, and it's mostly about someone not being decent to someone else. It really just kind of bugged me. So, I mean, I still enjoyed the movie. It it did not take away from my enjoyment in the movie. But it, every once in a while, I'd be like, there she is, talking to that other dude again. So, yeah. Well, what else has been going on? Um... Are we? I don't think we've really satisfied the Ant-Man talk. We said we were going to talk about Ant-Man. You texted me about talking about Ant-Man. What do you want to talk about Ant-Man? Uh, I wanted to tell you that story. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I've heard it twice now. It's wonderful both times. Uh, um, but no, and also just, you're right. Like, the, I, the, the whole, like, premise of the movie, I mean, we said spoilers. So, um, this idea of... Like, we talked about this in the last episode. Like, everybody's the bad guy to somebody else. Like, even if you don't think you're trying to be the bad guy, sometimes you are being the bad guy just by trying to do something for somebody else. Or whatever the case... And, like, that's the whole point of the movie. Even though she, uh, the ghost lady, is not necessarily a good person, she's, like, trying to save her own life. And so is this other guy. And to do that, she has to be... A bad person. Now, I don't 
like the more I thought about it, I don't love the kind of, uh, I don't know if it's really a deus ex machina, but whatever, of solving the problem. Like, oh, this fixes it. Uh, like, that kind of annoys me, because there's no mm-hmm. real build-up to that. But the movie's so good and so much fun and so just nice overall that I can kind of let it go. So, but yeah, I just, I love that. Yeah, I, I think it's very it. comic booky. So, well, yeah. in the comics, they would build that up, though. It'd be like, well, if we That's could true. do this, like, this just comes out of, like, oh, remember when uh, Hank landed and, like, he got out of the pod and he was a little out of sync? And how she was able, if you're not paying attention, you don't know that that's what she's doing for him. You know, you don't realize that he's kind of phasing in and out of reality. And she touches him and brings him back. So, when she does it for the the ghost lady, it just feels like, when the hell did she get that power? So That makes sense. She's definitely got like a Dr. Manhattan thing going on at the end. Yeah, I really dig it. I'm hoping, honestly, when uh, after watching it the second time, they Marvel usually does these like prequel comics for the movies, and I think they actually did one for Ant Man and the Wasp, but I'm not sure. But I know, I know that there's an Ant Man and the Wasp comic that people are flipping out about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does not involve the original Wasp and what the hell she's been doing for the last 30 years. But that's the story I want. Because when we see her on that little micro world, she's not, like, helpless. She's, like, dressed like the road warrior. Like, she's been out there kicking people's asses. And I really want to know what that story is. I want that hot toy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whew. so have you seen the, I think they just, they probably haven't because I think they just announced it today and I don't know that you follow Sideshow Collectibles on Facebook, but have you seen the concept art Captain America hot toy? No. So they have, I'm going to send you the picture. Um, they have a hot toy that's the Chris Evans Captain America um, and it's concept art for, um, let me see what movie it looks like. Uh, just for the original, the, the first Avenger, for what he would look like um, as basically grown-up Cap. Um, I'm going to send you this. I think it looks pretty cool. It's like a sort of black and silver suit. Um, and it's got the shield, but the shield is black and silver. And they have two versions of the shield. You've seen, like, the the standard version, the circles, or the circle. Um, but then there's also, like, that one that's sort of like a... I don't know, like more of a, a traditional shield. You know what I'm talking about? The sort of lips up and kind of... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sending you a picture now. Um, but that thing looks amazing. And I don't really need like a... I don't know if I'm a big enough Captain America, Chris Evans fan to need this. But I kind of want it because it looks so cool. That is pretty awesome. Like I love that design. Check that out on... it's, it's they. Uh, if anyone's listening and wants to check it out, it's on... Um, sideshowtoy.com and it's the 2018 Toy Fair exclusive um, Captain America concept art edition um, it is <coughs> super cool um, and since I got my Princess Leia in the Hoth uh, outfit like I want more of them I get why um, collectors like I get why they sell these things because they're super addictive and they're pretty dang amazing 
Yeah, they're just so expensive. It's the payment plans that get me because right now, if I was a, a, a like one percent weaker person, I would have the um, the Royal Guard from Star Wars, um, Black Panther with the light up base because it looks cool because it lights up. It's this black light, and when it lights up, it makes his suit. It's bioluminescent, so the blue lights from his suit come on oh. when it's on the space. Um, and then I think honestly, this one I would have like three if I were just like one percent weaker. Because the payment plans make it doable. You could just keep a payment plan, basically a $50 a month payment, 12 months a year, and toys would just start streaming into your house once a month. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you could could kind of justify that to yourself. If I wasn't like an indentured servant to Verizon, I could probably do it. But Tell I'm paying for two iPhones. No, I know we were talking about this the other day, but it's like I looked, so I looked at mine, and I'm actually paying on two phones, and I have like over three hundred dollars left on two phones. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's hard. It's so man. it's so easy to take a phone home. <laughs> it's so much different when you have to pay for it long term. Yep, makes me want to switch to Samsung because you get better Samsung deals than my iPhone. But I love my iPhone. Yeah. I'm a spoiled American. I I mean I I I wasn't until my birthday last year, and that was my first iPhone. I was like, well, I'm never having another phone. So, and then mine got stolen nine months later. So I had to get another one. So I'm paying for two phones. So, yeah, I feel your pain there. Every time what's I your look favorite at phone bill? Oof. What's Sorry. your favorite Marvel movie? Um, MCU, I guess I should say, since we've had other Marvel-related titles. It's really tough to choose between the three Captain America movies. Is there? Do you rewatch them? I have. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably the only ones I do rewatch. Um, I enjoy the first Thor, but I've seen it enough that I don't ever really need to rewatch it again. I did not like the second Thor that much. Uh, saw but Thor. Christopher Eccleston was so adequately used and was so good as a villain. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I know you're being sarcastic. Yes. No. And I love uh, Eccleston. Me too. Uh, he's better in the G.I. Joe movie than he is in the Thor movie. And that says a lot. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a rough one. Um, I, the first Avengers is great once you get to the, the, the good moments. Um, the second one has its bits and pieces that I like. Uh, Iron Man 1 is really good. Iron Man 3, I loved Iron Man 3. And I probably watched it like six times. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know if I ever need to watch it again. Iron Man 2 is pretty good. Do you watch much Hulk at all? Terrible. Um, these days, Like as no. a habit? No. Yeah. I rewatch TV shows more than I rewatch movies. What do you re? What TV shows are you, are you rewatching? <laughs> well, right now I'm rewatching Cougar Town. I mean, well, I watched like six episodes last night. Penny Um, there's so many things. Um, oh, it's just so funny and so and honestly, um, so my wife had never seen it, and and we were so we were building a puzzle as people do, and um, uh, we were watching Gilmore Girls, and then you were texting me about it, so I was like, Hey, Katie. Do you remember that time I was ashamed to tell you how much I loved the show called Cougar Town? And we watched a few episodes, but then we got married, and so life all shifted, and I lost all the episodes that I had. And anyway, 
And she's like, yes. And I went, do you want to try it again? And she was like, sure. I trust you more now, which was nice of her to say. And we started playing it. We watched like six episodes, and she loved it. I think she watched more Cougar Town than she did Building Puzzles. Uh, Bobby Cobb is my role model. Like, it, which is her- it's horrible because, like, before the bum. show, apparently he was a horrible person. But, like, he's just such a, like, whatever, man. You know, like, I'm cool. I just love, there's a scene, and I feel like it's in the first couple episodes. It's definitely in the first six. But where she's, uh, she's mad, uh, Courtney Cox's character is mad at Bobby because every instance, as an example of when she was good in bed, was the time when he actually cheated on her. Yes. And then she gives him, like, gives her the top five list, and she goes, Aw, three out of five of these were actually me. <laughs> so funny. It's a good joke. Yeah, um, he's so great, man. I, I don't know what that guy's doing now, but it's not enough. Because he's phenomenal. He needs to be <coughs> comic relief in Ant-Man 3. He I, needs to join the, the, the security agency. I'd be down for that. And we didn't even talk about Walton Goggins, man. I love Walton Goggins. American treasure, dude. I mean, he is... He might be my favorite American actor on the planet right now. Have you seen Vice Principals? Yes. Okay, now I have only watched the first half, so I've not seen, this. I guess, the second season of it. Um but I, he is so good in the first half of that. I mean, he's good in everything he does, but he is fantastic in that. The the complexity of their relationship in the second part gets so crazy, and I, I you gotta you gotta finish it. You gotta finish it. No, I will. So this is one of those things that I, I guess eventually will come up as a theme in the show. But if I start something like that with my wife and she's into it, I cannot finish it without her. Hence, I am like a year behind on finishing my principles because we started it. She loved it. And she's not been in the right mindset to finish it yet. And so when it happens, we'll binge it in like two days. And I'll be so excited. Yeah, it's it's, it's great. It, I really want to go back and rewatch it from beginning to end because – there are arcs for characters that you really don't see coming. Um, like, there's a character in the first season, this kid that he, like, gets booted out of school. Mm-hmm. And, like, that character comes back. And in such a unique and different way that, like, I legit thought it, when it happens in season one, I'm like, well, you're never going to see that guy again. And when he comes back, it's like, oh, this is so interesting. Like, I don't even remember what the hell he did in the first season. I just remember that he got kicked out of school. Uh, huh. No, so I, I really want to watch it. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. Um, but you won't rewatch it because you don't rewatch things that much anymore. No, like TV shows, though, I will. So, it's just uh, Vice Principals isn't on Hulu or Netflix. So, I like to watch things where they'll just play continuously. And I don't have to mess with anything. Yeah. So see, it, Amazon's got it smart in two ways. First of all, it never ends when you do play all. Not that I've experienced yet. It just plays forever, which is awesome. But the other part of it is, is I can't. I don't feel comfortable sharing my login for Amazon Prime Video because it would also mean that you could, you or anyone else, could accidentally, not purposely screw me over, but accidentally order anything on my account. Yep. And it would charge my card. 
that's the brilliance that Netflix and Hulu were missing. So yeah. I have my my HBO is tied. It's a channel, quote unquote, on Amazon. So I ha- I can watch HBO live. All all the HBO channels live, just like HBO Go, but it's a, on through Amazon. So it's hard. I can't share it because of that fear of an accident. Um, and but I've got it. So it's like my instinct was go. Oh, you could just use my login. But no, I'm not giving you my login. Well, oh, see, I have Amazon, and I also have HBO, but not bundled together. So see, I like it because the it means it'll work on all of my platforms because I have Amazon on my Apple TV now because that they added that in. My smart TV has Amazon. My PlayStation um, Three has Am no four. We're up to four PlayStations, right? Yep. Yeah, PlayStation Four has Amazon, so I can play it in every room on every screen, and HBO can travel with me. Specifically, that's for when Game of Thrones becomes the most important thing on television, and I'd never know when that could happen, even though I know it's next year. I have to be ready. Yeah. So I, I did win somebody to my side on the Jon Snow argument. So Are they blind least... and have no heart? No. There's at least what? two of us now, though. How'd that happen? Tell me about it. Ryan binge-watched all of Game of Thrones Not in like a brother. week. Not your brother. It doesn't count. When when he started, he was like, why do you hate Jon Snow? I was like, I just do, man. Like, I can't really get into it. I was like, but I'll just say this. He kind of just Forrest Gumps his way through the entire series, <laughs> and it pisses me off. And by the time he got to season six, yep. uh, he was like, yeah, I don't like. I don't get why everybody likes this guy. He doesn't do anything. I'm like, yeah, he Forrest Gumps his way through everything. Like he just shows up and things magically work out. It's oh, ridiculous. Life happens to him. That's what happens with all of us. It's a universal experience. Yeah. You I, didn't I, cause I the extra damage to your friend's house. It just happened. Yeah. But in this case, his extra damage to a house is that his aunt is his hot girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, that kind of makes it more Star Wars-y. So. I mean, <laughs> sure. I have this theory um, for all you. Now we're going to make Game of Thrones fans. <coughs> um, but I have this theory that I've, I really like a lot that George R. R. Martin has not published his last two books because he was like, screw it. These guys are definitely going to beat me to the finish line. I'm going to let them finish, and I'm going to do like totally different surprising crap at the end of my books. Yeah, I buy that. Because he seems like the kind of guy who would do it. He's, he's got a kind of wicked sense of humor. Yeah. I'd be okay with that because I'm never going to read those books anyway. They're way too yeah, long. They're good. They're really good. But now that I've watched the show, it's hard work. <laughs> it's not as fun. I mean, I, t- I, I, well, I was going to say I took, but you let me borrow that Ahsoka book like three weeks ago, a month ago or something. I haven't cracked it open, man. So, they need to just make everything into a comic book and then I'd, just, I'd read nonstop. I want to hang up on you. You're such a you're smarter than that. There are really, really intelligent comic books out there. There are, but you don't need pictures with all of your books, Logan. No, it helps though. So, speaking of books, in my hand I have a book called The Looking Glass Wars, and I'm about to start reading it. Well, I was going to read it with you, but I I, I need to read Ahsoka for our Star Wars book club. <laughs> 
Oh, do you want me to wait to read it then? No, no, you should totally read it. It's just okay. been a while since I read it, so like I'll, you'll start like if you start texting me about stuff and be like, I don't know if I remember that. So here's the crazy thing: until today, because I really chose to kind of be more blind on it, um, I did not realize, probably honestly, idiotically, that it had anything to do with Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> nice. Um, no, I'd really tried to be like as like I don't like to. I have learned when it comes to recommended books not to read the backs of them because it makes I paint a picture in my head of what I'm about to read and then it's usually very different and I can be disappointed more easily that way. So I decided I'm not going to read anything about it, but I just happened to catch like a sentence on the back and I went, "Holy crap! Obviously, this is something to do with Alice in the Wonderland." And I didn't catch it for since May when you got me the book for my birthday. Yeah, Hatter M is one of my favorite characters in any book ever. And I actually discovered that book through a comic book called Hatter M, which is like some adventures of that character. So like if you dig that, um, I actually have several, I think I have two trades of the series because every time I find it on sale for like two bucks, I'm like, ooh, I'll buy that and hold on to it. So I have, I have like every issue, then I have two trades collecting the issues for some stupid reason so uh i'll i'll dig that out of my uh uh massive comic book collection and uh bring it to you because i think you'd really really like it well i i will let you know um but yeah my plan is to start reading it tomorrow um and, and jumping in so um i just finished another book which is actually i saw the film first but uh, the never let me go um yeah. which so I read the book of that, and good I, God, was that a sad I, book? I can't, man. Like, I, it's I, so I, good. I, I would love to, but that movie's so good that I can't rewatch it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because yeah. it devastated me. I saw it in the theater. Oh my God, I, I wish. I wish. I saw it at home by myself in the dark, and I cried a lot. And I, I mean, I guess the movie's forever old now, but it kind of, about, I guess. It's about eight years old, yeah. Yeah, spoilers. But the moment where they confront the, the teachers. Yeah. And, you know, show them, they ask about the art, right? Right. And, yep. you know, it's just like that. that's what we were using to prove that, you know. You had a soul. You had a soul. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh my, like even thinking about it, I, I just, I can't. Did, do you remember in the movie, do they show them the art? Yes. Or do they have, okay, so I thought so. I'm reading the book and the thing that I found even more devastating is in the book they reference it as basically, it's the same explanation, but essentially instead of showing them, like they don't have, they, it's like it's upstairs somewhere. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just like stuff we keep in a box somewhere and it's even more devastating for me to read it that way because the book is told from kathy's point of view um who is uh the actress who is in carrie mulligan is that right so it's from carrie mulligan's point of view just like i think the film is really and um and so she and, and so it's from her point of view and this is it's her internal dialogue it's honestly the book is written as if she's 
telling the story to someone. And yeah, it's just it's just some stuff up in a box. But then it's followed up by that scene in the film, which is more powerful than that moment in the book, which is I think it's most powerful moment when that revelation is given about the art. But that scene in the film where Andrew Garfield is losing his mind for the first time in years out in front of the car, that is when I ugly cry. Yeah. I'm, the whole movie just wrecks me and I don't know it's I really I've thought about it multiple times since seeing it in the theater and I'm like I, I really want to rewatch it and then I think about that scene and I'm like yeah do you really want to like sit through that you, you can't think about it without getting all uh, emotional and yeah yeah Yep. No, I'm with you. I got you. So I got. Are we doing this podcast right? I don't know if we're ever doing this podcast right. I don't. We, we don't have a format. So. So I got some mail. <laughs> um, that mail was a surprise. Call. No, no, seriously. Like we should do that because I get random mail and it sometimes annoys my wife because it means I've ordered something. <laughs> um, what are we paying for now? No, what did you already pay for? Yeah. <laughs> it's really big. Um, so I, this box came from as the, the aforementioned Sideshow Collectibles. <laughs> and um, and I was actually nervous because I was like, I don't know what I did because I don't like I haven't I haven't drunk purchased in maybe a decade. And I'm not, not like real significant drunk por- you know, purchased. So I was like, oh, my God, I don't remember buying anything on Sideshow Collectibles um, uh, that would have arrived in a box this size. I am waiting on one goodie for you, but it's still it's still like it hasn't been sent to anyone yet. I pre-ordered it. it hasn't come yet. Um, but so I get this thing and it's like this weird, I would say book shaped box and you open it and it's like a trifold. So the box is an actual trifold inside having all sorts of like printed words and advertisements about sideshow and inside is their like 20 dollar <coughs> book that's a, it's inside the sideshow studio so it's about how they make all of their i guess i should backtrack they make action figures but they make big statues of mostly pop culture characters they have a few like sideshow exclusive lines of things they've created um but it's like you know a big giant batman statue that's like 20 inches tall and a darth vader that like the lightsaber lights up and it's highly detailed and amazing. But it's a book about how their whole studio works. And with it came a enamel pin um, of slides, uh, Sideshow and like four credit card looking deals that have um, beautiful pictures of their work that are actually coupon codes um, for Sideshow. And I'm pretty sure they just sent me this amazing book to like advertise to me. Of course. I mean, it's a pretty crazy, right? It's a twenty dollar book. Yeah. I got it. I got it for free. I got a. I got an enamel pin. Enamel pins cost ten dollars, and all these coupons. Fifty dollars. Like, yeah, I was about to say it's like fifty dollars off. off, like two hundred dollars or more or something like that. Well, it's fifty dollars off any in stock item, um, and then a hundred dollars off any legendary scale figures. So those things that are like three thousand dollars. Yeah. Um. And then twenty five percent or twenty five dollars off any framed premium art print. They get you with the framed piece because the frame costs an extra like three hundred dollars. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I was like really impressed by the advertising. It's much better than like spam email. Yeah, I mean you know, especially when uh, let's t- I mean straight up, 
nothing on that website that you really, really want is cheap. Nothing. Well, the $50 off any in stock, I was thinking about, oh, I should look and see right now while we're on air um, to see when that expires. Because if it if it's like until next year, I could get the um, the Imperial Guard or the Royal Guard. Let's yeah. see. When does it expire? No cash allowance. It be 18 years. So expiration date can be found. Oh, I have to go to a website to enter right. the code to find the expiration date. They there got me. Go. But I should look it up because if it's uh you know if it's next year I'll wait till the fall and get the Royal Guard for 125 bucks instead of 200 or bucks or whatever it was. Yeah. Or 175 because it's one of the cheaper ones because it doesn't have like a face mold to it. Um, so it's a little bit cheaper and they do price by the amount of work they do. Oh yeah, and it's not that it's even like. It's not shoddy work at all. It's like some of the most beautiful and also poseable, weirdly enough, because usually poseable does not mean detailed, um, like stuff you can buy. But the cheapest thing will still cost you over $100. So, so do you want to hear the creepiest and also what I think was the best note I ever I ever saw on a toy? Of course you do, because I'm going to tell you anyway. Yep. Um, on my Princess Leia, I open it, and there's a note. Like right in front, it's like a little square print. It's like they printed it out as like a second thought before they shipped them everywhere. And it says, "You cannot remove her lower layer of clothing. It will not be able to come back on. You will permanently damage the toy." Essentially, they do not want you to try to make your uh, perfectly articulated, posable um, Carrie Fisher um, nude. That is creepy. Like that would, it is. I don't think it would ever cross my mind. It but wouldn't I, have mine either. I mean, because honestly, the there first are thing people I, out there. Yeah, of course. The first thing I saw, though, like when I opened it, up, <coughs> I was like, holy cow, look how cool these pants and this shirt is. Like, because it's like leather. Yeah. And and it's like really like well stitched, and it's identical to the the Hoth's um, the Hoth scene costumes. I was like, holy cow, look how amazing this stuff is. And then this little card's right there in front. I'm like, oh gross <laughs> star wars fans so suck i've i've well i'm assuming so since that's the leia figure you got i forgot we shared that like that's our favorite version of leia is that right yep. Yep. yeah i think we talked about that when we did the commentary track yeah um, i think that was around the time that they announced this figure too and because it was because i i pre-ordered it and got on the payment plan gosh it, it, i feel like it was like a damn year before i got it um, and it took forever to come out, but I, yeah, I think we talked about it. They re- announced the release. I went ahead and said, oh, that's got to be my first hot toy. So I bought it. Yeah. Hothleya, man. She's so, she's just such a badass. Like she's not taking crap from anybody in that scene. They sort of, uh, with, cause it's all like white and cream colors, the, the outfit. And I feel like what it is, it's like they're referencing, her white dress right from the first movie yeah but it's saying like but while we tried to say hey she's a badass but in the white dress now look yeah we're referencing visually when cut and by the color the white dress but now like you can fully see she's a badass yep and it's awesome mm. and she is she's the biggest badass in all of star wars we always managed to get star wars in here have to every time <laughs> Otherwise, it'd just be a boring conversation anyway. Yeah, there you go. Um, what else have you been watching? 
Um, I saw the Mr. Rogers documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And cried a lot, huh? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it's... um. Uh, have you seen Paddington 2 yet? Uh, no, you keep telling me, man. And, and the first one was cute, but I, I just... I didn't have that reaction that a lot of people had to the first one. No, yeah, I think that Paddington 2 is, like, transcendent um, from the first one and, and, and just an amazingly beautiful, sweet film. Um, so uh, so I, I'm losing my example to give you then, but there there's a... a there's one really great cry in Paddington 2 and it is come it comes from a place of pure unadulterated sweetness that's all it is it's just a very sweet i don't know a better way to describe what it is it's just an earnest sweet moment um and, and that you're going to cry if, or anyone out there who watched it you just cry my aunt didn't even watch the first Paddington I made her watch the second one, and I get a text like the next morning. I wept at, at this moment that you told me about. Like it just, it just gets you. It's such a perfectly kind and sweet moment. That feeling is the Mister Rogers documentary, almost from beginning to end. And it, and so you just cry a lot when the credits hit. Um, there's a great last. The, 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 probably the most powerful 60 seconds of film I've seen in a long time is the end of this movie and it's literally 60 seconds and um, and then the credits come up and you could hear the audience because it's very quiet at the end you can hear the audience collectively wheezing I've never experienced anything like it but it came from a place of pure kindness, sweetness, and love. It is not sad, um, but I cannot explain the cathartic group cry that I experienced Saturday night watching that movie. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. Lovely movie about a lovely person, um, but good Lord, I cried a lot. And so did my wife and the whole audience. I mean, truthfully, everyone on our row, you can just hear them <gasps> the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it. it's it's good and I'm glad it's out there I mean honestly we need it with everything that's going on like hey remember that there are actually decent people in the world not everybody is a bastard so yeah the, the hardest moment there's only one moment that I would qualify as sad is and I think it's one of the few times you can hear the because it's a documentary about um, Fred Rogers Mr. Rogers and the show and sort of its impact and how it was made and it, it's, it's a big mixture of things of like yeah, how it was made on the on the TV side how who he was who his crew was what the impact of the show was what it, there's it's also sort of an examination of children's television as a whole um, it's a very complex documentary to, to really be full of so so much sweetness but it has one sad moment because his wife is still alive and, they, and she's an interview subject and they're talking to her and towards the end they look at her and they say what do you think that um, what kind of advice or what do you think he would say today like right now with everything going on and it's filmed very odd there's, there's very veiled but pointed references to Trump and to the 2016 election and she <coughs> is the first time she's stunned by a question and it is it is rough um, to watch her sort of grapple with that, um, and then she sort of answers with the you know the whole you know he would. It's a very stock and nice answer, um, but I don't know that it's an answer that the. Um, I don't know that the answer is earnest because I feel like the look on her face is one of his defeat by Trump. 
Yeah, where it's awful. It's more like she wants to say, "I'm honestly glad he's not here to see this." Yes, a hundred percent. And she knows the better thing to say, and she delivers that message, and it feels like her delivering his message. And it's and it's a wonderful moment, but it's also that silent moment. That piece of it is is heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, you know, it's, it's a beautiful documentary. I highly recommend it. It did really well in the box office this weekend. It's going to, so far, it's the highest grossing documentary of the year. Um, it was like number nine in the box office. Didn't premiere everywhere over the weekend, um, but it did make it here, and I, I, I'm glad I got to see it. Is it. Do you think it's going to be one of those that does too well and is too acclaimed, as stupid as this sounds, that the Academy will then have this backlash of like, well, I mean, everybody loved that, but, like, this is the more, like, uh, kind of esoteric or, like, in thing to give the Academy Award to now. No, and here's why. Here's why. Because it's about an, an entertainer. Okay. That's, I think, that's the thing that's going to keep it from that, because that backlash, honestly, is so arbitrary and random, but it exists. You're super, you're incredibly right, but I think that it is about a, an entertainer, and they love those stories. Okay. So, so I good. think that's what's, you know, our buddy Scott from Film Dispenser from back in the day, which was not that long ago, but back in the day. He's writing um, for the Movie Isle now, movieisle.com. Yeah, Yep, and um, and so and check that out because Adam's over there too from Film Dispenser. But um, uh, not that Film Dispenser drug anybody here. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just hung up on it because um, it's you know my thing. But um, but he was talking on Facebook and he was saying that I really feel like this could be a crossover from documentary to just best picture. And and I'll be honest, I could see it at this point midway through the year as being one of the best pictures of the entire year, not just documentary. That would be amazing. I, I really think I think that um, I I would love if this were the year of hope in the movies. Um, I think Paddington Two. I'm getting emotional thinking about this, uh, but I think Paddington Two is is one of the most hopeful things I've ever seen. But it's an argument for hope. It's not just like blindly hopeful. And then and then um, uh, won't you be my neighbor? Is a documentary of a person who lived arguing for hope um and and i think that's a beautiful thing and i really would love it if this year at the academy that's the thing that takes home the accolades is the the desire and the drive for hope um becomes the theme of the year and i hope it blurs color lines and and sexuality lines and whatever else as well but i I hope I, i my desire is that the the narrative of this year is one of trying to put hope in our heart because I've seen more hopeful movies. There's a great article in IndieWire by a writer named David Ehrlich who can be a pretentious twat sometimes. I love him to death, but he hates Marvel movies and just cannot give him a break. Um, but he wrote an article about what he's calling nice core. Um, yeah, which I was going to ask you about that. I think that while he's, he's trying to create a buzzword, he's absolutely accurate that there is this theme emerging in all of this darkness of art that is uh, for love and for kindness and for peace and and it's prevailing because we're in such a dark time and we lose that when we get comfortable and it's important more than ever right now and I think it's happening and I hope that that's the theme of the year and I, I would recommend that article um, it, all you have to do is google IndieWire 
nice core and it'll be the only one that pops up yeah that uh ant-man was getting tagged with that uh in early reviews like this is marvel's entry into the nice core yeah um and i i was that it kind of not bothered me but i was like eh like don't attach this to a buzzword like i just don't do that um I think but, uh, it gives, here's the thing. The buzzword for me, though, I, I agree with you most of the time on stuff like this. But the buzzword is an encouragement of our, our media to encourage us to be better. I and, agree. And, I, and so because of that, this is the one mumblecore is one that I hate. I, I that see, that's what it made me think of. And while I legit love a lot of quote unquote mumblecore movies mm-hmm. I, like that whole movement or whatever it's like this is ludicrous it's it's stupid you made up a word to describe movies that are just about people in their like late 20s and 30s like in how they're trying to find out what the hell it is they're supposed to do with their life and it's mumblecore f you yeah, no. To me, so so mumblecore is, is is this thing where people try to make movies that were about uh, they're not fully written scripts, but about reaching an emotional truth, right? And 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 so people improvise, right? So why not call them improvisational films? You know, because that's what they are. That's yeah. what most of them are. And 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 I do I do think mumblecore undercuts the work that is involved in that. Having made a few short films that don't have dialogue, um, but in talking and workshopping dialogue versions of things, it's like good God, that is so difficult to be able to come up with it off the top of your head and be a coherent film. That's an insanely uh, amazing achievement. Um, and, and so, yeah, don't undercut it with something like that when the point of that title is to say it's pejorative. But with Nicecore, I think the reality that David Ehrlich in that article is coining it as a positive and a necessary um, means of storytelling right now in a, in a very dark time. And so I like it because it will make people look for that. And his article has like this list of movies that I think are good for the spirit. And I really feel that movies can be good for the spirit. And, and, and there are many of them out there recently. And I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is one of them. And I'm glad for that because good job Marvel making a nice movie that really in the end is about keeping families together no matter what they look like. I mean, if you ignore the post-credit sequence, yes. Well, then you've got to tie it into the bigger thing, and that's fine. That's why it's post-credit, Logan. Well, it should be really post-credit. <laughs> I do agree with that. I think that though the the ant and the drums without the 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 emergency signal should be the post-credit scene, and then the very post-credit should be the the disappearing one. Yeah. I agree. Because um, people still leave the from. Did you, did you notice people still leave the movie? Yeah. And don't wait. For, it's amazing to me that people don't stay for the post-credits these days it uh, it baffles me you know and uh, after the jurassic world thing i'm just gonna have to stay for every single movie now so did you ever find out what it was no i haven't googled it so my dad even called me he went and saw it and he was very kind of on it too i was like did y'all stay for past the credits he said we stayed for most of them and he usually stays through the credits he's like but i you know i was tired and tired of sitting in the wheelchair and all this you know whatever so we just decided to go ahead and leave he said why is there a scene i said yeah he said damn it man 
I was like, yeah, no, I felt the same way. He's like, I'm not paying to go see it again. Like, yeah, me either. <laughs> I'll just wait. Uh, oh. But yeah, Ant-Man, yeah, it is very nice. And the, the whole idea of the, like, the bad guy is a bad guy by circumstance, not necessarily by choice and... Like, even though she does all of these wrong things, like, right up until the very end, like, you get some redemption and you get her kind of seeing the light. I, it is hopeful, you know? Like, no matter how bad a person you are, maybe, you know, there is still something left. Which is also a very Star Wars-y kind of theory. So... So what else, man? I don't, how much how much power do you have on your laptop? I'm not in any kind of rush. Um, what well, says I have three have hours? Gone? But um, that's a lie. So, um, <laughs> how long have we gone? Uh, I'm trying to get Skype to show me. Skype. Uh, oh, at right in an hour. So, oh, it, nice. usually that's I get almost good. two we, hours out of. What it. do we usually do? Like an hour twenty? Yeah, something like that. So. Well, what questions do you have for me? I'm feeling I'm feeling good about this so far. <laughs> I've only rambled a few times. Uh, there was something else I was going to ask you. Oh, comics. We we're going to talk about comics. Because you were talking about, right. about all these yeah. freaking comic books you read that I've never even heard of. That you've never even heard of? What have you? What did you not heard of? You're pointing out Dark a bunch Night. of image. Heard of Dark Ark? Uh, no, you were pointing out a bunch of like image and indie books. I was like, yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't remember what they are now. Not... Well, that's not helpful. <laughs> um, what am I reading? What are you reading these days? What do you actually read? You let me flip it on you. You buy a lot of books. I do. You do not read as a much as you books. buy. <laughs> I read the so, Star Wars stuff. Maybe you should avoid the next Star Wars arc. It is called the Death of Hope. Me? So well, yeah, but that's uh, not. But we know how that ends so it's not true yeah, yeah it's darth vader's uh, perception of the death of hope it is so like are you current except for the uh, i think except for the most recent last jedi um uh translation uh, I, I read number 50 i read number 50. oh okay so okay, you so know I'm, all about the trios yes yeah, so i'm yeah i'm current on anything that i yeah uh, it's like I, they were breaking up yeah can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Um, her, like, I saw her betraying them a mile away, but, like, that post-story sequence in in uh, issue 50, where, Va where it shows how Vader kind of intimidates her into doing this, was brutal, man. No, no, I agree. And she has to, like, it's like her brother who's in the room with her. I think is that so. right? I think so. Is he? It's brother or brother-in-law? I don't remember which. But the brother says, you know, um, he's going to react, and she's like, "Calm down, it's okay. There's not going to be any problem." Um, after Vader has said, "We're going to do this huge master plan of betrayal against the rebels," and then she looks at Vader, and she has to like have this face, which I thought the art was really good because it like portrays her 
realizing she's going to have to like give up everyone in the room and she goes, you know, no witnesses and she's not into it at all, but she has to act like she's into it. And the art really shows that. And then he just kills everyone else in the room, including her brother or brother-in-law. I can't remember which one. I don't have the comic book in reach and distance, but, um, God, it's awful. Vader's such a prick. (laughs) The Vader we've gotten post George Lucas films is the Vader that, everybody was legitimately afraid of like if you go back and watch the original trilogy that vader's not really that tarkin is scarier than vader you know i mean i think that you know the slow motion because it was slow motion right that lightsaber battle (laughs) that might as well have been uh (laughs) No, no, I agree. I agree. I feel like this is a level of them going, hey, we need to really solidify that legacy and that that feeling because as people get older, as my son, who is about to be three, as he grows up, Vader will be less and less scary because the shit on his television shows uh, or the television shows, let me say, marketed towards him, which we don't let him watch, is more scary than than original Darth Vader. Oh, the the villain in Incredibles 2 is ten times scarier than Darth Vader in the original trilogy. Interesting. I still need to see it. Uh, um, what else am I reading? Uh, I just got caught up on Saga, getting a little tired of Brian K. Vaughn, like giving me these really great characters and going like, I, I, he is the George R. R. Martin of comic books. As he's just killing people. I haven't read Saga since like issue 18, something like that. Like I'm way behind. So, this is not a spoiler. Sure. Um, the Will. You remember who The Will is, right? The bounty hunter? Yes. With the lance and lion cat? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, at one point in the first volume or second volume, um, the little girl who's narrating the story, she says something about The Will and how he would come back to, like, haunt her family and basically destroy them well Mm -hmm. things go so sideways for him and he becomes such a minor character and so ineffective at everything he's trying to do that it's a line you you forget about but it has been in the back of my head since i read it five years ago or five years ago but probably two or three years ago the release of this series is odd right like they don't release it always consecutively every month they take breaks yeah it's six issues and then like a three-month break and then six issues and then like a three-month break it's like they're working hard at keeping up quality over quantities that seem to be the the mindset you're yeah it's fine It, it is quality it is probably the best written comic book on stands right now could possibly go down as the best written comic book in the history of comics but in this latest issue like he has slowly brought this character of the will back into uh the main story that when he does this thing that he does like immediately my mind is like this is how this is how he's going to destroy this family and it just devastated me. I was just like, I don't, I don't know if I want to keep reading this because it's going to get so bad. Because in issue six, which we're on like issue fifty-six now, so years ago he wrote that, 
and he has been building this up for this character and I, I don't want to know where it goes because I'm afraid that legitimately some characters I love not just like love are about to just die <laughs> No, I mean, it sounds great. Everyone I know, uh, well, let me rephrase you and this guy I know, Anthony, who will probably never listen to this because I don't advertise on my Facebook page that we do this. But Anthony posts the most insightful, fascinating, eloquent Facebook posts of all things, like long form Facebook posts about both Saga and Steven Universe, of all things. And I just I just love what he writes. He's so, he's very... Um, he has a place of uh, he has sort of a heart of cynical love. It's very it's very interesting, but the way he writes about saga makes me want to read saga all the time, and I just don't do it. And and so, um, and now that you saying this, I feel like I God, I've got to catch up on saga. It, it is, it's weird because he does, like he has intentionally said. Uh, he and uh, Fiona Staples have talked about how they will do things in the book to intentionally make it impossible to ever be adapted for anything other than comics. Mm -hmm. So they will go out of their way to make characters like uh, uh, the Prince Robot. Like, With a TV head? Yeah. You, you, mm -hmm. you can't make that work. You just can't. It, it would just be ridiculous. But in the book, it works. So they keep adding these layers of ridiculousness to it but in doing that they they deal with other things like this is kind of sort of a spoiler mm -hmm. um at some point they deal with the death of a child mm -hmm. of a character and the way they deal with it is it uses such like bizarre characters that you could never get away with it in any other form but it's so emotionally impactful and the way they use those characters and it, it just it blows my mind this dude is a genius <laughs> well they could do it animated right like that's the that's the one way they could do it <clears throat> i it would be an nc-17 animated film nobody would watch it i mean i would that sounds fascinating uh, me too but um, I, I I honestly don't know if I this might be the only comic book I've ever read where I'm like I hope they never adapt it like I, I just don't know if they could do it justice you know it it might wind up replacing Preacher as my favorite comic book of all time oh I don't think I realized that Pre Preacher was your uh, favorite comic book of all time yes so why are you not trying to get all the issues of Preacher and instead trying to get all the issues of X-Men I have all the trades of Preacher. It is my favorite comic book story. So, I just, I have the story. That's okay. Okay. I know that's um, weird. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't care. That's fine, just curious. Um, okay, so, okay, so you're reading Saga. You, you, I, do you read <coughs> any of the X-Men comic books anymore at all, or do you just pick them up? I read the Deadpool stuff. I'm current on most of it. I'm catching up on Weapon X right now, which is kind of, sort of interesting. Um, I just don't know if I like Greg Pak as an author. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you've read Planet Hulk, right? Yes. Like, there's parts of it that's pretty good, but... Concept over execution. Yeah. Like, his, that's, that's perfect. 
his it's like ideas. George Lucas with the prequels is a fantastic pre- you know concept. Sometimes the prequels miss a step or two. It's yeah. sort of like that. Yeah, the the we- the the premise of Weapon X starts with the Weapon X lab has started back up again with this new group of people and they're kidnapping mutants, taking their DNA and creating these new kind of sort of sentinels out of them to then go out and hunt the the mutants. And they wind up creating this crossbreed of Wolverine and Hulk and a bunch of other mutants. And that becomes Weapon H, which is a very, very interesting, like, idea. And then it's executed so poorly that I honestly don't even know who the hell Weapon H is. Like, everybody made a big deal about it. And I just finished reading the storyline. I'm like, I, I'm not even sure who he is. <laughs> Like it, because they introduced like a kid that's supposed to be him at one point, and I had to go back and be like, "Oh, I was this the kid? Like I totally missed that. I don't even know what's going on." So yeah, I don't, I don't think I like his writing. I like mm-hmm. his ideas, but I, I just don't think I like his writing. So I, I'm, I'm not sure if he's still writing the book. I'm hoping he's not, because when I get current, I hope I still enjoy it, um, instead of just going like, "Oh, this is just more." more bad stuff so um Deadpool Spider-Man got really really good after being really really shitty forever um okay like from its inception uh, the Joe Kelly Ed McGinnis thing was a bust um Mm -hmm. and it, it killed me because their original run on Deadpool and their run on Spider-Man did you ever read that I did not Okay, their run on Spider-Man is pretty good too, but for some reason they just could not get their shit together for this, you know, hyped up book that they were going to launch. And then I don't know who the new creative team is, but it, it it's so much fun. Um, and then I just finished Jerry Dugan's run on Deadpool. He is the longest writer uh, in the history of the character. Um, my least favorite Deadpool writer, but then he wound up writing um, this end for his series that made me rethink everything he had done up to that point, and now I think I might love it. <laughs> so, I, I'm really conflicted there. Um, and I also just finished reading The Unbelievable Gwenpool, which uh, is... Oddly enough, one of the most emotionally devastating books I've read in quite a long time, including the the saga stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know anything about that character. Only that she exists. Yeah. So the thing is, is, like, the fans love the concept. So Marvel just hired this guy to write her as a character. And uh-huh. the idea that he came up with was she was a character in our world, the real world, who read Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. somehow miraculously gets transported into the Marvel Universe and knows everything about everybody. And, I mean, in a Jon Snow fashion, kind of Forrest Gump's her way through the Marvel Universe. <laughs> um, and trips up into uh, becoming an assassin by accident. Um, so... Uh, she, at some point in time, she decides she doesn't want to be a bad guy, so she tries to become a good guy, but then 
finds out that she knows she's in a comic book. She finds out through whatever means that her book is getting canceled. And the reason her book is getting canceled is because she's not a bad guy anymore. And it's this me being me. It's this whole existential crisis of like, so if I'm a bad person, I get to continue to exist. But if I'm a good person, then that means I don't, I don't have a life anymore. And uh, yeah, really? (laughs) So it, it was so good. Yeah. Um, that sounds perfect for you. Yeah, and it, it sounds really was. fascinating. I like to read that. In all honesty, that sounds fascinating. So yeah, that's pretty much. It. Oh, and um, uh, Black Science, which is so close to being over. That's the Rick Remender thing, right? Yes. Yeah, I really liked the original run of that that we started like years ago on your other podcast, but I've not kept up with it at all. It, it went insane like it it got so folded in on like time and space that I think a lot of people their eyes would just roll in the back of their head and go like I I don't know who's who anymore but I dig that shit so Mm -hmm. it's just like oh this person's from this universe and that person's really from this universe and they were pretending to be from this universe and it just oh I love it (laughs) (laughs) well I am um, in keeping in line with what I have on my screen right now. I've I've watched or I got the uh, the sequel one shot, uh, a reprint of it because it sold out originally of the uh, of the <coughs> film. There's a sequel about one of the characters and what happens to them. So it's actually the character that Donald Gleason plays. It's like a hacker guy who's um, under con- the control of Ma Ma, the Cersei Lannister villain, um, and he escapes in the movie. And it's sort of what happens to him. So I just read that, but I'm I'm reading consistently all the star wars books as we mentioned um i never miss those and if i started canceling what i was reading month to month those would be the last to go like i would hold on to those till the very end i mean everything even like the thrawn adaptation because i've read the thrawn book but in the adaptation is just a pretty bland adaptation of the really good book um but i'm still reading it and um so all the star wars books um i just picked up the first catwoman um post uh, non-wedding, which I did read the Batman number fifty. Um, so no, they did not. You mean get they married. don't get married? They don't get married. It's a shock. X Men and Batman had the same trick in the same year, except there was no alternative marriage in Batman fifty. Um, and uh, but the the new Catwoman's pretty fantastic. It's got this great like. As I love Catwoman, sort of it reminds me of the long Halloween Catwoman, the sort of film noir version of Catwoman. Uh, Tim um, Catwoman is the best Catwoman. Uh, so good but this version I, I like it it's like a, a, a it's a little grittier grittier in the art because the tim sale art is while uh, more f- style stylized it's not gritty necessarily no, no. Um, and so um so it's stylized and gritty um but not in like a overly it's not like overly violent or anything it's just like you know it's in a different city than gotham she's left town and um she has sort of being set up as a as as a murderer of police people um and and she didn't do it and it's sort of a little mystery of what's going on and there's like a public persona it's like politics and crime and catwoman and i don't know i think i'm discovering how much i really have an affection for that character that i didn't realize if i put it all together how much of an affection i have um so i'm very excited to uh, to read the new catwoman series um i picked up a new 
Captain America and the, the new uh, start of that, which was really, really good. It reminded me of the um, Ed Brubaker run slightly. It's I think it's is it Tanishi Coates? Tanahisi Coates. Tanahisi. Tanahisi Coates um, is just taken over Captain America. And it reminds me very much so of the tone of the Ed Brubaker run, which is just one of the most fantastic comic books I've ever read. It's such a great spy superhero comic. And this feels like that, but not like it's ripping it off. It just feels like in the vein of this is going to be a solid spy Captain America that also talks about the issues of how to uh, be the protector of America when America is not protecting itself. Um, which I really like. I thought that was a fantastic first issue and I'll probably pick it up for a while. Um, you mentioned image books and I can't remember what all I'm reading. I'm reading a book called um, Prism Stalker, which I don't think it's even image. I think it's more indie than that. Um, but it's, f- I, oh man, I just swear word crazy, like lots of swear words. I don't know I don't know how crazy to explain this book, but it's um, people are get taken from their home planets to this other world, which may be in another dimension. It's not clear. And then trained to fight some sort of external threat, which may also be in another dimension, like a third dimension. And none of it really makes sense, but it, there's a female lead character who is sort of the, the one we're following and she's going through a rough time and that makes sense. So while I'm not really following the science or the, the real plot of it, I'm so invested in what this girl's going through extra dimensionally that I can't stop reading it. So I'm like five issues into that. It's, it's awesome. The art's really different and wild and I, I like it. Um, I'm reading Barbarella cause it's like a total trippy sci-fi thing that just really leans in to the 60s sci-fi, but like uh, not in a way that feels like it's uh, trying to do any sort of homage or any kind of hokiness, if that makes sense. Like, you know, like you'll see mov- movies or TV shows or comics that are trying to, emulate a past time and all they're really doing is sort of copying the past if that makes sense yeah this is not doing that it's having fun with the 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 freewheeling nature of the tropes and the things they can get away with it's just having a blast being weird and um and it's fun um and uh, i'm reading everything gail simone's writing right now so i'm reading her domino which is just just it's like a it's like an x-men mutant book that's a crime caper comedy it's like their oceans 11 but it's with Domino and her two friends and the occasional cameo of other people. Deadpool shows up in the first two issues um, in little brief moments that are very funny. She had, um, a, she had a great run on Deadpool. Very Cut very, very short. But She it, did Agent X, right? Yeah. So it's funny. I read Agent X knowing nothing about Deadpool and loved Agent X and then put it all together as I got older. It's really weird, weird to me. But I've apparently been a Gail Simone fan for a long time and didn't even know it. Um but I'm reading everything she does. So I'm reading Domino, which I I think – are you buying it, Logan? Oh, of course. You need to be reading it because it's, it's very good. It's I have the digital copies on my Kindle. It's a mini series, correct? No, no, no. Ongoing right now. Oh, it is. I'll, see, yeah. I've, I was waiting for it to wrap up, and I was just like, I'll read the whole thing. As oh. of right now, it, is, is, it has no definite end date. Then uh, after Weapon X, I will get caught up on Domino good man um then i'm reading her plastic man for dc which is a mini series and is totally bonkers and i kind of love it for how bonkers it is um and then her um red sonia and tarzan crossover because honestly i'll just read anything that woman writes because she is just a fantastic writer um i've become obsessed with a writer named teeny howard 
my last name is Howard. Maybe that's why I'm obsessed. I'm, I'm obsessed, but I don't think so. I think it's because she's got this really great edge to her. She's writing um, the reboot, sort of continue. It's still a continuation, but it's a reboot of the series Hack Slash, which I never really read. It's about a woman who whose mother was a, a serial killer, sort of like a Michael Myers character, and her whole life is formed around walking around with her Frankenstein's monster style best friend killing slashers yeah. um but this reboot with this with this author is just so fantastically weird and different um than anything i've ever read and it's such a great takedown of all uh slasher films while also sending them up and also saying hey we're going to be better today um so it's still trashy and sleazy but also better than that at the same time it's very weird but she did this mini series i'm halfway through uh, this year called assassinistas through the black crown label which is oh my god so fun you would love it once i get the whole thing i'll let you borrow the whole thing because you would love it but it's about friends who in their early 20s were super cool lady assassins right then they all get a little bit older and they have kids and they stop being cool assassins and then one of them's child is kidnapped and they all band together uh to find the child and maybe one of them did the kidnapping and who knows but it's very very fun and and kind of punk and great and uh i really love it um but i'm reading that um and then um and then dc suddenly i like dc again um been reading more of that i love brian michael bendis's return or, or uh, introduction to superman i'm excited about what's coming there um and the justice league of america by scott snyder's really good um and i'm very intrigued to catch up on batman after batman 50 in all honesty it was such good writing that i want to read other batman well so, so you had is that your first issue of batman like buying it or in a while yeah not oh. not in this run it's my first issue in this whole run yeah well are you interested in a copy of the proposal sure how much is it? Is it like a billion dollars? No, I bought it for like a dollar fifty the other day, and since the marriage didn't really happen, it's not going to be worth anything now. So you can yeah, just I'll have it. it. Sure. <laughs> it was a twenty dollar book, and now it's, I think it's back to being a five dollar book. Oh, so, that's fine. Yeah, I found it at uh, McKay's the other day. I was like, "Ooh, the wedding's coming up. I should, I could buy this and flip it because I don't really care." And then the wedding didn't happen. I was like, "Well, that was a waste of a buck fifty. Uh, <laughs> I also picked up a, a, an issue of Batman with um, a cover by uh, your boy. I uh, wasn't sure if Jack. you had it, but it was fifty cents. I was like, "Well, it's fifty cent. I'll buy it anyway." Yeah, um, I love my Jock covers. Oh, oh, oh! Guess what I did? Guess what I did? Um, I got um, I got the variant cover of Catwoman that I wanted with the cool with a really cool cover. But they also had a blank Catwoman. So I got it, right? And I'm going to reach out to a couple of artists, Jock included, to see if they would do what their quotes are on a custom comic book cover um, and see if I can do it. It can be surprisingly affordable. Um, that's, that's what I Especially if you're patient. Um, with with the, the bigger artists, usually they'll quote you not a too expensive rate uh, with the the caveat that you're not going to get it back for like four months so you know well the the um 
the goal for me, so this is what I'm thinking, okay? So I have a print from this artist named Craig Drake who does a sort of 80s style, very clean line prints. Um, it, it looks like, honestly, like pictures that would be in a Coke den in the 80s. Um, and But I love his style. It's really cool. I, maybe, I never did Coke, but maybe I would have loved it in the 80s. Um, but I have like a Gandalf that he did, and I have a, a Catwoman, a Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman because it's the best Catwoman ever, and you can disagree, but you're dumb, so whatever. Definitely and, disagree. And so, um, but I have this uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, and he has a print that he did of the Batman the Animated Series Catwoman that I'm going to eventually get. Um, but I was thinking about sending it to ask if his quote is decent, doing it through him, and have him do it as the 90s sort of purplish burgundy suit Catwoman. Um, yeah, so the, I could have like every version of Catwoman so of like Jim, my life. Jim Ballant or somebody, I think, redesigned it. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right to me. Um, but they, but <coughs> sort of, I had that Catwoman action figure. Like that's one that I have a lot of comics of uh, from back in the day and a lot of memories of. And so I feel like that would be cool if I could have like every version of his uh, of different Catwomans that meant something to me. And now I just have to figure out how to get to the uh, Batman, uh, the uh, the movie back in the day, um, that Catwoman. Uh, from him but I thought that would be kind of fun to see if he could do it in like that that 90s style for me that'd be cool Uh, I have a bunch of blank covers and I've never like I never even take them to conventions so I just don't even think about it so I I would love honestly it's your fault the X-Wing files in the the, uh, contest for the cover by an artist apparently she's never gonna finish apparently or or maybe today we'll find out if ahsoka has eyebrows or not yeah no Uh, but um but uh yeah it's funny it's just um after that i've really been thinking about it a lot and i I always skip the blank covers but now i kind of wish i didn't because i don't know i look at my collection of comics and it's like mostly i'm going to give them to my, my kid but i love framing my comics well, so I tried to get I you a it. pretty unique one. I don't know that it worked out as well as I'd hoped it would, but I still got it. It's got yeah. my whole family. We're all characters from Star Wars, and I look at it all the time. Yeah, I, I was pretty excited about it, and I was like, "Well, I guess it works." It <laughs> I think work. he, it's I think fantastic. he did a phenomenal job. Like, I That's think it. it looks great, but the implication that your son is Kylo Ren might be a little too much. <laughs> Uh, no, the, the the best is is that my son is the best of the three of us. Like he <laughs> he looks like Ezra. Yeah, it really does. It it's, mm-hmm. it it does. It's uncanny. Yeah. Uh, um, so we didn't even talk about BoJack, but we can talk about that some other time. Maybe later this week. Who knows? Yeah, I want to know how you got over your your like just crippling fear of horse faces to watch a full season of BoJack Horseman. So I think it's because he really is a horse like in the show and everything. I think he is flatly a He has up. he has fingers though, which is kind of creepy. But he's a horse. Yes, with fingers. That's the difference. But he's a horse. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Uh, now I'm going to pay attention to the fingers. It's going to freak me out. The first time I saw it, it kind of freaked me out. You've... Well, it's a good show. I really like it. Season one. I finished it. Did I tell you I finished season one? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about it, and then we started talking about all of this. But this is way more fun. No existential so crisis. 
I, this, I think this podcast is an existential crisis. <laughs> um, it really is. So I haven't had one this week, so that's okay. Well, uh, so, I mean, I, I know it's my fault. We're, we're sort of a week behind. I'm positive you'll turn this around very quickly. Um, but potentially, uh, if you want to later this week to do another one, we'll, we'll be texting and we can figure that out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I record with Ryan on Wednesday. If anything, just to catch up, I like just chatting. Yeah, me too. It's it's nice to, especially after long work days. Yes. Uh, this is my first day back to work in 11 days. Yeah. I bet you wanted to die. I wanted to take a nap. I was so tired. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, we don't really have a sign off, so you were supposed to come up with one. Well, uh, this has been real. Are you supposed to, or am I supposed to? You were supposed to come up with a sign off. Oh yeah. Well, it's never going to happen. So cool. It was a good show. Uh, <laughs> I, I, really enjoyed it uh, this has been a boring conversation anyway um i'm spencer uh and no, we're uh, you never can find supposed me, to say find our names give... you said it no last time you were like here's my name here's where you can find me blah 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 so I? fine yes you did and i was uh, and okay. i did so no fine you can't find me anywhere on the internet but i am out there on the internet in places um go over to uh xwingfiles.com that's where all my other stuff is, so just go over there. My favorite part is last time we talked about not sharing, and then all of a sudden our podcast showed up on Facebook through you, through an automatic post, and I was like, really, Logan? It, it's, it's, really? Set to, it's set to do that on the website, like it auto-posts. I didn't disable it for, mm-hmm. for our podcast. I forgot. So when I posted it, I was just It like, just amused oh. me very much. Yeah, I meant to, and I just forgot, so... I'm I'm waiting for my texts from other pe- people. Why aren't we doing a podcast? Yeah. Just just don't. But doesn't text. come, so nobody cares. It works out. Just don't text them back. I block everybody. <laughs> the name of this episode is going to be ghosted. I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, have a good night. You too. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Bye. <bye-bye. laughs>